This is Between Sundays, your fantasy football podcast hosted by Alex Utro. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to episode two of this podcast. As you guys probably realize that we had a name change, and I thought this was probably rolled off the tongue a little bit better and probably the right direction for this podcast. Um, we have an exciting show for you, or podcast for you today. As we will go cover many things, uh, such as the past week, past week recap, the reaction to the recent trades, the breakdown of this week's team, Carolina Cockblockers, uh, my response to Brandon's article, and also my picks for this upcoming week. So, should be a fun episode. So let's start with the past week's recap. This uh, past week featured a North versus South matchup in every game. Um, unfortunately, the South did pull out three out of the two games uh, to the North. So the first matchup was the Curs versus the East Lincoln Escorts. Uh, props to Ryan. He beat my team. Uh, and it wasn't a good week for my wide receivers as uh, his wide receivers ended up going off. Uh, he also had a great game from Justin Herbert. Um, I was without my three top running backs. Um, not an excuse, but... Uh, I think we'll be okay. Uh, the Kurds are now 4-1, and one, and the East Lincoln Escorts are 2-3. and three. Uh, The next game was Dr. Push the Wheelbarrow versus the Fremont Fighting Cox. Uh, the Fighting Cox pulled this one out 138-110. Uh, to 110. Had strong games from Russell Wilson, CeeDee Lamb, and also Todd Gurley. Um, Push the Wheelbarrow kind of struggled with Joe Burrow only netting four points. But he did have good games from his running backs and Robert Woods. Um, Fremont Fighting Cox is now 2-3, and three, and Jace is 0-5. <laughs> uh, Carolina Cockbocklers versus the Black Hills Explorers. Um, another close game, a 2.22 margin of victory from A.J., um, he had strong gains from Watson. A.J. Brown is which ultimately won for him. And then uh, Marquise Brown also had a solid game. Uh, Cockblockers had the injury to Dak. Prayers up to him. Um, he had also had strong games out of Brandon Cooks and Mike Davis. Um, with the upset of the week was uh, the Creek Tiger Cats over the Bowling Green Booty Getters, 146-113. Um, Ty was led by Jared Goff. DJ Moore and Stefan Diggs, while Trent's team kind of disappointed. Um, had a first half injury to Dalvin Cook, but sounds like he should be fine. Um, his top point getter was Dalvin Cook at 19.9. The last game of the week was the Star City Jaeger Bombs versus Foco Young Hoes. Um, high scoring matchup. Brandon pulled this one out by uh, 21. Um, he was led by Zeke. DeAndre Hopkins, Kelsey, and Murray, while Wes was led by was led by Mahomes and Adam Thielen. He kind of only got limited production out of Ty Lockett and Kenyon Drake. All right, for this next segment, I want to do something I didn't do last episode. Um, this was a suggestion by one of the viewers. Um, shout out to Trent. I'm gonna just go over the league's trades that. Um, either happened this past week, but in this case, I'm going to start from the beginning of the season uh, since I haven't had the opportunity to go over them. Um, so the first trade was between Dylan and Trent. Trent gave up Latavius Murray, Cooper Cup, and Brandon's second round pick next year for 
ultimately Dylan's first round pick that next year Carson Wentz and a conditional third round pick if that first round pick is between seven to ten. Uh, my reaction is to this was I thought this was a decent trade. Um, Cooper Cup has kind of been average on and off. Um, he has had a good year so far: twenty seven points, twenty four points, thirteen, eleven, and at uh, least points is eight. Um, Dylan needed a fantasy wide receiver, and I think this gets the deal done for him. Um, I think it depends on where this pick will be for Trent, this, this first-round pick. Um, if it's top five, I don't know if it would be um, as even. Hopefully Dylan's pick is six and above. Um, Carson wins his booty. That's all I got to say about that. Um, the next trade was Brandon and Ryan, where Brandon acquired Singletary for Hawkinson. Um, this kind of seemed like a positional trade. Ryan needed a tight end. Brandon didn't need a running back, but didn't need a Hawkinson on his bench anymore. Um, Singletary's kind of been average so far. He has Moss competing in the backfield so far. Um, he only scored 4.3 points last week. Um, Hawkinson could be a young stud. He was a first round, or I, I believe he was seventh overall. No, sorry, sixth overall last year um, in our draft. Um, he, he could be decent. He has 16 points, 10 points, 10 points, and a nine-point performance so far this season. So th- I thought it was an even trade. Um, the next trade was uh, Brandon and Wes's. Boy, do I have something to say about this. I, I understand Wes going at it, needing it, trying to solidify his running back two. But I don't know if Gordon was a guy for his first-round pick. Um, so the full details was Gordon. Um, originally it was Gordon for first, then Brandon got some heat from it, um, so he threw in Slayton, and also a fourth-round pick. Um, Gordon, he just got that DUI. I'm not saying Brandon knew about that, but that seemed a little sus to me. Um, maybe insider insider trading, not going to say anything else about it. Um, but Gordon, before the DUI, was in, stuck in a backfield with Philip Lindsay. It seems like they were splitting touches when... Lindsay was not hurt. Um, so I probably wouldn't have done this trade if I was West, just because it, it just seems too iffy um, for me. And then the last trade was uh, between Ty and Brandon. Um, Ty acquired Miles, or Gaskin and a third-round pick next year for Brand, or Ty's second-round pick. Um, this was good value for, Ga- or for Gaskin, I thought. Decent trade. Um, I don't like how the second-round pick was going to Brandon, though. I don't like him stocking. He now has three first-round picks, and depending on how Ty finished, could be a high second-round pick. So, um, yeah, that's it. That's the most recent trades. Um, I'll do this every week going over the past week's um, trade. All right, so our team's breakdown of the week is the Carolina Cockblockers, um, which is managed by Trey Utrep out of Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, let's take it to Trey now to see where he thinks his team is at right now. That's a great question, Alex. My team is at a uh, weird position right now. Um, I'm sitting at 2-3 and three with the fourth most points scored. So it's hard to see myself at 2-3 and three while I'm scoring all those points. So uh, I just need to get those points at the right time. I've had some key injuries that uh, have really hurt me. But uh, replacement players are filling up well. Um, and I'm just... Looking to still make a run at the playoffs. Yeah, Trey, you mentioned you were two and three so far on the season. You had tough losses to Brandon, me, and AJ, um, 0 and 2 against the North Division. But you also beat 
Um, two teams in your division, the Shrods, uh, Jason and Ryan. Um, I just want to talk more about um, the key injuries to your lineup, Dak, Saquon, and Chubb. I, they've been carrying you ever since um, the start of the season. Dak's put up huge numbers for you. Can you talk more about that impact on your team? That's another great question, Alex. Uh, losing Saquon, Dak, and Chubb to injury are huge losses. Um, but the replacements, uh, Mike Davis and James Robinson, have both been playing at a top 10 level for running backs. So uh, I just need to continue them to continue that play. Uh, I'm hoping that Christian McCaffrey's out a little bit longer so I can milk Mike Davis as long as possible uh, until Chubb gets back. Um, but losing Dak, he was going to finish as the top three quarterback this this year for sure. Um it looks for like uh, Tannehill is going to replace him. Hopefully, he can keep up his solid, solid play, and uh, help me lead to a championship. Woo! Wow, that's a bold statement, Trey. Uh, I don't know about the championship run. Um, especially with your key injuries, uh, and Dak, Chubb, and Saquon. But let's uh, break down your team a little bit farther. Um, for your QBs, you have Tannehill, Dalton, and Dak. Um, you, obviously, you just picked up Dalton because of Dak's injury. Um, I looked at the um, Fantasy Pros Dynasty rankings. Um, Dak's at 62, which is solid. Um, Tannehill's at 148, and Dalton's not ranked at all. Um, by the way, these Fantasy Pro Dynasty rankings are updated weekly, um, so that's what I'm basing my uh, analysis off. Um, I th- I think Dak could be solid next year. Uh, it just depends how well he uh, will recover. Um, Tannehill, for this year, will most likely be starting most of your games. Um, it's It helps that he has Derrick Henry as his running back just because, oh, you can just hand the ball off. But if he's... Derrick Henry can go for 150 or 200 yards a game and take away a few touchdowns, so thus that might hurt Tannehill's value. Um, moving to his running back groups, he has um, Saquon, obviously, who's ranked number seven, Nick Chubb, who's ranked 15, uh, James Robinson's 80, Mike Davis 169, Philip Lindsay's 120, um, Nakeem Hines is 152, and Justin Jackson's 187. Um, out of his first two running backs who are hurt right now, he I don't like his depth at all. I don't want to take anything away from James Robinson so far, um, but I I just he he's a rookie. He's was undrafted. Um, I feel like defense is going to start figuring him out a little bit more. Thus, it might hurt his fantasy value, which could force the Jaguars to use a second or third round pick next year on a running back. Um, moving to his wide receivers, he has Galladay, who's ranked twenty-seven or sorry, twenty-four. Hill, um, of course, is number twelve. Uh, Will Fuller's seventy-five. Um, Emmanuel Sanders one forty-seven. Brandon Cooks a hundred. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr. one twenty-six. Jerry Judy's thirty-seven, and then uh, the goat Hunter Renfro is one seventy-five. Once again, it's kind of like his running backs. After his first two, it's kind of shaky after that. You have Galladay and Hill. They're going to be consistent fantasy players. Um, but Phil Fuller, I, I mean, they don't have Hopkins anymore. Is he the number one guy there? I mean, Brandon Cooks did go off last week. So it's starting a Texans wide receiver. Just I, I don't. There's no clear number one there. 
Um, Sanders is starting to make a connection with Breeze, but once Thomas gets back, it's hard to see his fantasy value um, increasing. Uh, Marvin Jones, obviously he has Galladay's, and Galladay's going to eat most of those um, wide receiver yards and touchdowns up along with Hawkinson. Um, Jerry Judy, I, he's a promising rookie. I think Trey took him with his seventh overall pick in this past draft. Um, he's decent. I, I don't know if he's really taken off yet for the Denver offense. Of course, they're kind of struggling at quarterback injuries right now. And then lastly, the GOAT, Hunter Renfro. He's he's decent. Um, could be a GOAT. Derek Carr just needs to pass on the ball more. Um, then his last position groups is his tight end. This This used to be a strong point for Trey, I think. Ertz, though, I think he's on the decline, especially since he has a booty quarterback in Carson Wentz. Um, I, I don't I don't see him being a top-five fantasy tight end anymore, at, at least this year. Um, he also has Dallas Go- or I'm sorry, Ertz is ranked number 93 on this dynasty chart. He also has Godert. Um, I don't know if I said that right, but he's ranked number 98. Once again, he has a booty quarterback, Carson Wentz. It's going to come down to the quarterbacks for the Eagles and be frank, he's he's booty. Um, and then his last tight end is Johnny Smith. Um, he's been key in the play action game for Tannehill. I mean, when you have Derrick Henry, you kind of got to play the run, and so this has opened up um, routes for Smith. And he, he could be decent. It's hard to see his fantasy production continuing at the rate it is right now, as he's uh, the fourth best tight end. But we'll see. We'll see where it goes. And then lastly, he has the Steelers D and the Randy and Randy Bullock as his kicker. Steelers D was the best D last year, but I think the Colts might have overtook it. Um, and then lastly, Randy Bullock, he's decent. I mean, Cincinnati is having a tough time scoring touchdowns, so it comes in handy for having their kicker. Um, so yeah, this is this week's breakdown for Trey's team. With everything being said about Trey's team, I don't see Trey making the playoffs. I don't think you have the facilities for that big man. Adding on to that, I don't know how his team shapes up for a dynasty as well. He only has four players in the top 25 um, players in the fantasy dynasty chart. He has five in the top 50 and 10 in the top 100. I mean, he had, of course, he has Saquon, Chubb, Hill, and Galladay, um, which are in this top 25. But besides that, it's just average after that. Um, Dak should be good. Um, it's hard to say, but I, I think it's set up decent for him, his team. I don't see him being a top team in the future, unless, of course, he uh, doesn't make the playoffs this year, which I, I think it was going to happen. Um, and then he'll get a top four pick and get a, and hopefully gets a running back out of that pick or a decent wide receiver uh, to go along with Saquon and Chubb. But it's to be determined how his team shapes up. All right, so I want to talk next about Brandon's article. Um, before I start, don't take it too serious. Um, it's just league banter. Um, don't be salty. Don't be mad. Hashtag Brandon salty um, about this. So I, I went through his article, pulled out some quotes I thought was intriguing. Um, maybe a little bit of hashtag fake news. But his first quote, they aren't uniting against the South Division. They are uniting against Darth Vader. Obviously referring to Brandon. Um this just isn't true. Um, we aren't uniting against Brandon. Um, it was just that North pride that we wanted to see every North team win last week against the South. It's just, that's what we wanted to do. Um, I'm, I'm glad to be in the North division. Um, it's not like we're targeting Brandon directly. We just 
don't like the South, you know. I, I, I see every team in the North Division making playoffs this year. Obviously, that can be done. Um, a lot of things to happen, but we'll see. Um, he next said I, that I said the roster is invaluable and shouldn't be considered in a trade. I never said that, dude. You have Hopkins. You have Zeke. You have Kyler Murray. You have Jit Kittle. I mean, you have Kelsey. The, the list goes on. Your team's valuable, obviously. I don't want to – you got it somehow. Um, th- there's just certain players that I said – I, I probably wouldn't pay overpay for him. Obviously, some people didn't listen to that trade, um, Wes. Um, but um, that's what I said. I never said it wasn't valuable or shouldn't be considered in a trade. Um, then he kind of threw some shots at me and Trent. Um, he said, particularly to Trent, the other one comes off more of just bitching in the group chat. But let's be real. Everyone bitches in that group chat. It's just That's just part of the league. Um, I wouldn't say Trent bitches the most. I want to say probably Brandon or Ryan might be there. But, I mean, Trent's obviously caring about the league and wants to make sure the league stays even as possible without giving Brandon too much stuff. Um, my personal opinion of this is that Brandon's a little full of himself and his team. He's calling himself Darth Vader. So what does that make the rest of your of the South? What, Stormtroopers? I mean, that's just embarrassing. The South needs to rise up against him and just overthrow him. Don't don't let him don't let him dictate you guys like that. That's just unexcusable. Um, and then to the to the then he lastly said to the few owners that I'm still in good standing. I I, I kind of got a chuckle out of that. I didn't know which owners wasn't still good standing or still had good standing with him. I felt like he's probably ripped off at least everyone by now in the past three years. So, uh, I mean, this is just my thoughts about that. Also in Brandon's article, he makes a lot of um, statements that saying he's Thanos, Darth Vader, Ivan Drago, a Shooter McGavin, or a White Goodman. Um, good movie references, but if I had to really overlook the league in a, some movie or series, it'd probably be Game of Thrones. And here's my justification. Brandon, he's Joffrey. He's the unfit king. Um, Wikipedia's definition says he's characterized as a spoiled statistic bully and is, uh, frequently abuses people. Um, he, he's not the correct king at all. So I, I, I see him as Joffrey. Um, Ryan, he's he's a Cersei. Oh, by the way, I'm starting in the South. Um, Ryan Cersei, if you've seen Game of Thrones, I think it just makes sense. Um, that's really all I got to say about that. Um, Trey, he, he's House Tyrell. Um, he, he's trying too hard to be in the king or the queen spot. Um, he might, though, end up poisoning the king. Um, hashtag spoiler. Um, next, uh, Jason, he's a Tyron Lannister. Um, he, he's smart, but like a lot of people want him dead in the South. I, I mean, Jason hasn't won a game yet so far. Um, so he has the brains, just honestly, he's restricted by several stuff. The last uh, person in the South is Ty. I would say he is Roz or Rose. Um, I don't know how to pronounce it exactly. Um, she's a strong character in Game of Thrones. Um, you guys probably know her. If you've seen the show, um, Joff, King Joffrey did beat her pretty bad. Um, so 
which is wasn't correct, but you'll you'll see if you actually seen the show. Um, moving to the North Division, I consider Wes as Iris. Iris, oh, sorry, I can't say that. Iris Stark. Um, she puts up a mean fight, but she has no um, no intention of ruling. Um, AJ, I think he's Thorman. Um, the wildling, it, it, it just just goes to AJ's job. I mean, he, he fights fires, so in the or fights fires in the wild. So I I think he would be a wildling. Um, Dylan would be Sansa Stark. Um, the South took him for a while, but uh, he's he's back home in the North where he belongs. Uh, Trent would be Rob Stark. You know he he's fighting. He's trying to fight against. Joffrey's ruling because it's not correct and so Rob Stark's standing up um, but as you see he made one bad deal and uh, he's kind of getting stabbed in the back hashtag Aaron Jones hashtag sorry spoiler hashtag Red Wedding um, and then lastly I consider myself as Jon Snow um, I just want the league I'm, pro- I'm overwatching the league and protecting the league as a whole from outside um Threats such as extinction of the league if uh, Brandon continues his reign like this. LOL. Don't take this too salty, Brandon. So yeah, that's that's why this league represents Game of Thrones. Alright, before I wrap up the episode, I just want to do my quick picks. I'm not gonna go into detail like I did this last week or this past week, uh, since this episode's running a little long. So first game would be the Kurds versus Explorers. Kurds win. Next game is Cockblockers versus Escorts. Uh, I'm going to say Escorts win. Uh, next would be Fremont Fighting Cocks versus Crete Tiger Cats. Although Crete Tiger Cats had a good win last week, I'm going Cocks. Um, Bowling Green, Booty Gators versus Star City Jaeger Bombs. I, Bowling Green just has too many guys out, so Jaeger Bombs has the dub. And the last game is Dr. Push the Wheelbarrow versus the Young Hoes, and the Young Hoes will win Dr. Will Barrel will go 0-6. Sorry. Um, so that wraps up episode two. I hope you guys had a good time here and enjoyed what I was saying. Um, so, yeah, thanks. Tune in next week as we will probably go either continue with the South Division and Ryan's team or we might have some co-hosts on this uh, podcast. So just stay tuned. Check out the episode next week. This is Between Sundays, your fantasy football podcast hosted by Alex Utrecht.